Today's episode is brought to you by the American Society of Magical Negroes, a fresh satirical comedy about a secret society of magical black people starring Justice Smith, David Allen Greer, Ann Lee Bogan, and Nicole Byer. As an official selection of Sundance 2024, the American Society of Magical Negroes has been heralded by critics as an uproariously sharp-edged satire and a must-see. Now playing only in theaters. Visit the American Society of Magical Negrosfilm.com to get tickets now. This show is partnering with No CD to raise awareness about relationship OCD. OCD is more than what you see on TV and in the movies. Imagine having unwanted thoughts about your relationship stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. That's relationship OCD. It comes with unrelenting, intrusive images, thoughts, and urges about your partner or loved one. Breaking the OCD cycle takes effective treatment. Go to No cd.com to get evidence-based treatment. That's no cd.com. BP added more than $70 billion to the U.S. economy in 2022. Investments like acquiring America's largest biogas producer, Arkea Energy, and starting up new infrastructure in the Gulf of Mexico. It's and, not or. See what doing both means for energy nationwide at bp.com slash investing in America. Welcome back. Happy New Year's. Happy Hour listeners. I'm Becca Kufrin. And I am Michelle Young. Oh, man. And we are thrilled to be back with you again, not only for this week, but this new year. It's obviously our first episode of Bachelor Happy Hour in 2023. So it's good to see you again, Michelle. It's been a couple of weeks. I've missed you. Oh, my goodness. It feels like forever. And it's 2023. Anytime the year changes over, do you ever make the mistake of constantly writing 2022 on whatever documents you're writing on? Yes. Yes. Yesterday I was typing up like all of my, you know, reports for just work and everything. And I kept doing 2022 and I'm like, this is not right. (laughs) I still think it's 2021. Like the other day I was talking to someone and I said 2021 and they're like, um, you're living two years ago, babe. It is. it, it, It really is crazy. And it does fly so fast. And just to even like take that time reflecting back on the new year and today, as we're going to bring in the new year with our first episode in 2023, we are going to be having the one and only Jesse Palmer joining us today. But before that, we're going to do a little catching up because we have not been here Yay. for a while. So, Becca, anything? What is new? What is what is going on for your 2023? Fill us in. Oh, man. You know, they always say new year, new me. I'm saying new year, same me because not much has changed. We are still under renovations with our house (laughs) I was like it's gonna be done by the new year I'm so excited and that is not the case um so yeah I mean everything like the holidays the new year were it was all very chill for us this year which I love it was very relaxing we just spent time with Thomas's family and so yeah no complaints but like nothing exciting like you to share because you're currently in Mexico you've been there for a few days tell me all about that trip Oh my goodness. I, I've been in Mexico for the last four days and I don't know about you, Becca. Well, you and I briefly kind of spoke about this, just like the holidays and especially like New Year's Eve, there's so much pressure to Mm -hmm. do these like big plans and ring in the new year. And it's like, there's like this, almost like this energy of like, if you don't do that, then you're not going to have a good year. Right. It's like superstitious, but so nice to hear that you had a relaxing New Year's Eve. I was in Mexico. I was with the girls. Rachel is here, um, two of my good friends from Minnesota. And so we just went downtown and we celebrated. It was all of us single girls together. No men, no drama around men. It was just truly, truly refreshing and has been kind of a good start. Like, I think this might be my yearly tradition is to either go on go on vacation or just come to Mexico, like, this mm-hmm. resort has been wonderful. And so it's been really just, it's a good start. It's 
it was a stressful year. It was a stressful year. Yeah. Yeah. You needed a getaway, a reset. I'm so glad that you were able to do it with your girlfriends. I will say, though, watching your Instagram stories, I was cackling when you were at El Squidro. I was like, I spent many a night when I was 18. In, the, when I was 18, I like my spring break in Mexico at El Squidro. And I was like, oh, God, the memes. The memories. We were laughing so hard. And before we went there, because we weren't really sure if we were going to stay at the hotel because they were having this little gathering. Um, but like we heard Squid Row and everyone kept saying that. And I was like, why does this sound so familiar? <laughs> it sounds so familiar. And so I asked and I'm like, OK, on New Year's, like, what is what's the what is the age range of this place? Young. And they're like, well, typically it's young. But I will say they said around New Year's, it it's definitely tends to be older because in order to get in, you like are purchasing tickets that are mm. not cheap to get a table. It's not cheap whatsoever. And so that then attracts like an older age group, but we had so much fun. And there we literally have like two albums. We have our shared album of things that, you know, like we're like all posting on our stories and like enjoying the time and sharing it with people. But then we also have like memes for the girls and that's mm -hmm. like stuff that's not going out. Like, no one not can ever see those. Leaked. Nobody can ever see those. <laughs> like it's Please just tell for me. us. Ugh. Please tell me you did not dance in the birdcage. Oops. No. <laughs> Uh, why? Well, I wouldn't. I wouldn't have. I didn't know it was called a birdcage. Oh yeah, there's well, so it's, it's many a bird of those. Cage. It's in the shape of a birdcage. I'll. I you have definitely to say, dance in the birdcage. Now that you, now that I'm like living vicariously through you, all of the memes are coming back of when I was a young little lady in Mexico, and um, actually, this is like the first dose of reality tv i ever had mm. we were partying with the bad girls club remember the bad girls oh and they were God. filming at a bar next to el squid row and we like one of my friends knew the bartender there she was friends with him and so like we would go there every night and the bad girls club would be filming there and i just remember like sitting back being like Oh my gosh, this is crazy. Like this these fights, this drama, like who would do this? And then fast forward to years later, I'm on a reality TV show, but <laughs> I should have known then. But. Oh my gosh. It was it was fun. Like it was it was fun. We let loose. We had so much fun. We ended up the hotel like set us up with like a limo. I don't remember the last time. Oh no, I don't remember the last time I was in a limo. No, I do remember <laughs> the last like time I was in a limo. On your show? On um, your season? Uh yeah. Actually, no. No, I wasn't in a limo. Because I was delayed in showing up. But on your own season, you had to have been in oh, a limo. Oh, I guess I did. Right? I thought it was an Escalade for a second. No, it was a limo, wasn't it? I, I love how I, you're I deciding if it was a limo or an Escalade that you I were in. I clearly blacked out because <laughs> I was so nervous. I couldn't feel my legs. I think that's the consensus of everyone. Definitely. We always, no one remembers like those first moments. It's a lot. Um, it truly is. Speaking of first moments, I mean... The host of the show is here with us today. I know you mentioned Jesse's coming on very shortly. And it's crazy to think I was actually looking through, um, like, I keep track of all my podcast episodes that I record, like, and dates. And mm -hmm. it was exactly one year ago today that we had Jesse on for the first time on Happy Hour to intro him for last year's Bachelor, which is crazy. It's just flown by. So I'm actually excited to have him on right now and just pick his brain about how this past year has been, how he is feeling going into year number two. Um, so, Michelle, I think we should just bring Jesse on right now. I completely agree. Let's get him on here. Welcome back to Happy Hour, Jesse. I was just telling Michelle it was exactly one year ago today that you first joined us on the Happy Hour podcast, and this was kicking off your first year as host. So much oh has gosh. happened. I know. Time flies. Well, first off, it's great seeing you both again. You too. Um, and Happy New Year to everybody. Yeah, it, it's amazing. I guess for all of us. It, it's been uh, so much has happened in the last year. Time has flown. I, I can't believe... We got through Clayton's season and then Gabby and Rachel's season and then Paradise. Um, and I feel like it's been a minute. I feel like it's been a minute uh, since we got done all that. And now I'm, I'm obviously really excited to kind of kick off 2023 with, mm -hmm. with Zach coming up at the end of the month. Isn't it? You just said you kicked off last year with Clayton's season. Doesn't that feel like lifetimes ago? five years ago yeah it's i just feel like so much has happened mm -hmm. you're right since that time it's amazing um uh just all the travel all the different people i've gotten to meet um 
and and to think that we're already it's like it's like a bit of full cycle it feels like because now mm-hmm. zach's zach's back at being the bachelor it's like okay we're kind of back at where we started mm-hmm. um with a bunch <laughs> of familiar faces so yeah it's uh, i got a lot more gray after this last year for sure <laughs> this it franchise is aging is. you oh no well, you look great and you're for those who can't see he's wearing yeah. this like lovely pink collared neck shirt it works for it, you we it, is like a good, it. it is a very good color but it it's is car- crazy that you mentioned that jesse because i believe it was um it was at that afr that i met you for the first time and i remember asking you um just because clayton was about to be announced as bachelor i was asking you like well he, or sorry no he just got done with his season is when i met you and i remember mm-hmm. sitting and running into you into the hair and makeup um trailer i'm not trying to like expose you and say that you were getting your makeup done you're getting your makeup done but <laughs> you didn't need it but you were getting you know tv i was getting the, was getting the grace coverage. <laughs> but i ran remember running to you into you in the trailer and just like asking you like how are you doing because this is a massive learning curve and how how was this past year like do you feel like you're getting your bachelor hosting legs underneath you because you didn't really have anybody to look look to to a certain extent i mean you could potentially reach out to people but like that's a big big gig mm-hmm. how was yeah. it oh uh, it was amazing um my head spinning uh when you just you talking about that because i remember when i got to meet you both and it was funny for me in that day because i was fanning out as a fan of the show <laughs> having watched all of you and it, was, it was sort of this like pinch me moment where i was sitting there i'm like oh my gosh like i can't believe i'm lucky enough i'm actually hosting this this show now and i get to meet all these people that i've been watching on tv i felt like i knew you we were in that yeah. little tiny cramped cramped makeup room before getting ready to do the, the afr it, it was wild uh, it, it, it has been uh, a roller coaster of a year, no doubt. It's been learning on the fly. Um, every day has been new. Things have moved very, very quickly. I, I think at times um, I feel like I haven't really been able to, to catch my breath, but I, I am really, really lucky. I have a lot of really great people I, I work with um, uh, that that are super supportive. And I, I'm I think just trying to be authentic, I think, is probably what's helped me the most. Mm-hmm. Just trying to be myself and not try to be somebody else throughout it all. Um, but, you know, they say time flies when you're having fun. And it's again, it's crazy that we're here at this point because this last year went by so fast. And I think in large part because I enjoy it so much. Mm-hmm. I So we obviously know you host so many different things like you are a busy, busy man. Um and and hosting saying yes to host the bachelor the franchise that's a big undertaking how do your other hosting jobs differ from when you host just the bachelor bachelorette or paradise yeah um it, it sort of depends on some of the other jobs so college football at espn something i've been doing for 17 years and i'm never i'm not actually hosting i sort of in more of an, an analyst role and that's that's sort of definitely in its its own category um the holiday baking championship, spring baking championship, Food Network stuff is a ton of fun. Um, it's, you know, it's a much shorter film schedule. It's very compact. We shoot one, one season in about two and a half weeks. Oh, so wow. it goes really quickly. Um, mm-hmm. And and part of what I love so much about that show, and it's part of what I, what I love so much about um, hosting some of these shows in the Bachelor franchise is the people and, and being around people. And, and talking with them and helping to try and, and tell their stories, that's that's really the, the most fun I think I have and, and what I get out of it the most. Mm-hmm. Um, the Bachelor shows obviously go go way longer, as we all know. It goes on yeah. for months. And, and, as we, and it's kind of like, it's, it's funny, it's sort of like pro football in a sense where there's the season and then there's the off season. Mm-hmm. I mean, mm-hmm. Bachelor never really goes to sleep. Like, you know, we're talking about it in the off season. We're building up to new shows. We're reminiscing on past shows. We're catching up with um, with old cast. Uh, we're, we're always looking ahead. There's always news um, and things to talk about. And so it really is 365. And, and I think that's part of what makes it so unique and so special. Mm-hmm. I can't even imagine even just listening to you talking right now of like the schedule you have to keep up with. Man. How is it? Right. How does it? I mean, Emily, she must be a champ. With this, like, because you're truly because you're on the road for when you're in season and you're yeah. traveling, you know, bachelor, bachelorette's not in a bubble anymore. So you guys are fully back to normal traveling. 
And so you have that schedule and then it rolls over into either, you know, Bachelorette next and then Paradise. And then in between this, you're doing your ESPN things and then you're doing, you know, the holidays are past. But how how do you keep up that schedule and how do you find time with Emily to, to spend with all of this? She's looking at me right now. She heard you and say that. And she's tell like, her hi. Brownie points. She's like, tell her brownie points. How do you? <laughs> she's, she's been a total, she's been such a rock star. Um, one of the things I think I'm most appreciative about Emily is that she gives me space to pursue this. And I think it's because she knows how much I love doing it. Mm-hmm. Um, it's really, it's really important to me. And what's so special, one of the things that's so special about Emily is that I think she realizes like my Maslow's hierarchy of needs, what gives me self-actualization is it, a lot of it is my work and especially specifically this job. Mm-hmm. I, I never thought if you had asked me a little over a year ago, if I would ever be here doing this, I would have told you, I would have said, there's absolutely no way. No, it, it, that would be a dream opportunity, but I'm, I'm not going to, I'll never get it. Um, the fact that I have it, I feel so lucky. I'm so happy doing this. I look forward to it. Emily, Emily realizes that and she gives me the space to do it. And what's cool too, I get to include Emily in a lot of it as well. Emily comes on the road. She comes out and visits me when we're filming in LA. She comes out, um, you know, wherever we are, um, sometimes traveling and she gets to kind of be there and she gets to meet some of the cast and she's around the producers. And so uh, I'm able to kind of incorporate her into it as well, because, you know, I, I want it, I want it to feel good to her too. It's important. She knows sort of where I am and what I'm doing and, and why I love it so much. And Mm -hmm. I think she gets to see a little bit of that when she's, when she comes out on the road and and gets to be around it. Well, and especially when you're traveling with just the team in general. And I don't think people realize how big the bachelor team actually is. Like there is a huge group of people behind the cameras that make this show run. And when you spend day in and day out with them, they kind of become your family. And so it's a good thing that she's able to integrate within that family as well and get to know who you're spending all of your time with. I mean, just speaking from my experience, Michelle, I'm sure you met a lot of the the production team and everyone behind the scenes, like some of their family when you were traveling. And it's a really special bond. Like I still talk to like some kids that came on my season that were traveling with their parents. And so wow. it's same. <laughs> yeah. So it's a really cool thing. Um, and so I think, I mean, we're all team Emily over here. We absolutely love her. Um, <laughs> I, you know, we've never met her, but we're, we're fans of her. And so if she ever gets bored when you're on the road, just send her to us and we'll hang out with her. Oh yeah. She, she's, she she's really good. By the, she's really good at giving everybody the dirt on me too. By the way, we have like <laughs> lots of people on set that are always like, what's he really like though? Honestly. Yeah. And then yeah. she's like, actually, let me tell you a story. And it's like she'll yeah. kind of like walk down the hallway with him. So yeah, Let she, me she'd tell be glad you to share that too. Yeah, yeah about about him. About him. <laughs> she seems like a real real keeper, and hopefully, you're able to spend time together during the holidays. Any any traditions that you guys had or like celebrated? Um, this holiday season was was nice. We we try to go away for her birthday, um, which is right before Christmas. Emily hit mm-hmm. it like hit it out of the park. She got married right before Christmas, and it just bleeds into Christmas, and then she has New Year's. Mm-hmm. So she's oh, like wow. a December baby, and just kind of rolls in. So so it goes so we, anniversary. It go, literally goes anniversary, birthday, Christmas, New Year's Eve. It's like she a knows Paris, what she's doing. It's like a Paris Hilton birthday from like 20 years ago. It's like, it goes on for like three months. Rack it all up. Rack up all those gifts. She's a smart woman. She's got her hands out like this all the time. Um, So we we went away for her birthday, which was really nice. Um, And then we had Christmas at my parents, uh, which has been great. Um, Mom and dad always get us onesies. Um, This year we did silk pajamas. I saw, really, I, I really went down a rabbit hole creeping on you, Jesse, on Instagram when I saw your onesie picture. And yeah, it's a beautiful family. But I, I went through and I saw all the old onesie photos too. I was like, this is a good tradition to have. It's consistent. I mean, if, if the Palmers are anything, at least they're consistent. We may be a lot of things, but but at least for that. So so that was fun too. And and then it's sort of like this, this turnaround time where kind of things really pick up and get busy again. It's bowl season in college football, the national championships coming up. So I'm back on the road and then we're building up till, till Zach season. So there's kind of, you hit the ground running right after all of that, but it was, it was really, really nice to, to sort of see a lot of family and obviously get this time with Emily, especially kind of mm-hmm. in a very special month. It's her, she turned 22 this year. Ooh. Emily Ooh, did? No, she just she's just over there. So I just oh. want she's she, yeah she's she's. Ooh, I was gonna say love. She great. looks like yeah. she's twenty two. She's not aging. Great. I'm still, I need, I'm still I need getting, her secrets. I'm still getting the, <laughs> the Brazilian eye. 
<laughs> we, just need to, we just need to have her on this podcast at some point. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. I just, I just can't be here for it. So for you right now, you know, Zach season doesn't start for a couple weeks yet. Do you have any plans for this month before it gears up? I mean, I'm sure you're kind of dipping your toes in, getting ready for the season. But do you have any plans before that kicks off? Uh, I think I'm really going to get my mind right. That's really what I want to do. I'm excited for people at home to kind of embark on this journey with Zach and sort of see his story. Um, Now that I've I've done this for a small amount of time, there's a lot of there's a lot of newness and freshness to Zach's season. There's there's things that I'm really excited for people at home, uh, especially Bachelor fans, to, to sort of see throughout all this. So I think I know there'll be a lot of press. There'll be a lot of media and things kind of getting people set and sort of setting the table. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just really, really excited for him. Um, you know, and we've all been there before being in that position. You filmed it and you're waiting and there's trepidation because you're not sure how everyone's going to take it. You're nervous. How's this thing going to be edited? How am I going to be portrayed on on TV? I'm really, really excited. I haven't seen anything yet, Mm -hmm. but I'm really hopeful. I'm really hopeful for him and and really, really excited for him because um, I I was already a fan of Zach before we we got going, obviously, based on my time with him during Rachel and Gabby's season. But um, I really think he shines. I really think he comes through. He has a beautiful story. And um, I'm really excited for people to see it. We don't have any spoilers, right? I feel like usually there's something out there that we kind there of can gauge the spoilers. season. Are there? They're definitely spoilers. Is, oh, <laughs> send me them. They've got to be out there somewhere. No, I haven't seen them yet. Okay, I feel like there are spoilers, but more more of them tend to be like about the contestants and not about Zach. Mm-hmm. As much where like a lot of times a lot of different things like happen would be spoilers about the leads and both of them. I would say that do would you feel like it's like the least spoiled season up until this this point? Like, we're getting that's kind a, of close. That that's a good yeah. You know, I, I never actually thought about that, Michelle. That's actually interesting though. You're right. It has been rather quiet. Mm-hmm. Um and I, I think I, I don't know if part of that is because we have yet to announce the cast officially. Mm-hmm. Um, normally they already sort of know that anyway, right? I mean, that's part of what the spoilers are. It's who the cast right. is. Yep. Um, but yeah, obviously the cast hasn't yet been announced. I'm today going to be going on TikTok Live to announce uh, the cast, which I'm really, really excited about. And then I'm sure all the spoilers are going to start just flying True. out as Bombard soon as that us. gets done. Yes, you'll get overwhelmed. <laughs> An avalanche, tidal wave of spoilers. Okay, I'm I'm intrigued. Yeah, I, I don't know much about the contestants. I feel like I don't even know much about Zach. So... I feel like going into this season with a fresh pair of eyes will be nice. Mm-hmm. Oh, I want to ask you this. So one thing, I mean, you said yes to being the host, but the role w- requires a lot more guidance than maybe you initially expected, right? Like you're not only just kicking off the show and like setting the baseline or the storylines for yeah. these people to fall in love, but like you're also a support system for the leads and some contestants. Do you feel like... Okay, this is a two-part question. Do you feel like when you were The Bachelor that you still had that same support structure? Or did you go into this knowing like you maybe had lacked some things when you were the lead and you wanted to be able to give more to the leads and contestants when you became host? That's a great great question. Um, I think a lot of it is really unique and individual to the the lead, uh, to you. Becca to Michelle and sort of what mm-hmm. you felt you, you needed or wanted. I, 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 and that's certainly how I felt too. Um, I didn't ask for a lot of guidance on mine. I, I, and I think part of that was because the show was new um, and that role hadn't really clearly been defined. I wasn't sure if I was allowed to, if I should, what, mm-hmm. what things, you know? And so, you know, I think, I think what I learned is Clayton was a very different bachelor than Zach and so both need need different things. Yeah. I one one thing I've always really tried to be careful of. Uh, I still try to make this a priority. I just don't want to interject myself and make it about me. Here's mm-hmm. what I think. Mm-hmm. Here's what I think. Here's what I think. Totally, I'm always going to be so happy to give my advice, my help. Not saying it's going to be the right answer mm-hmm. if it's if it's asked for, right? Um, or if I feel like it's warranted and needed and and like th- there was a moment on Rachel season where she was really down when we were in Bruges and and I went and spoke to her sort of privately in her um, on the boat and just because she she needed I felt like she needed someone to talk to. Yeah. Um, and so with with Zach, you know, 
I feel like you're always wearing different hats with each lead. Um, Zach was someone I learned pretty quickly that he needs he needs support. And mm -hmm. he he's someone who has amazing intentions. Mm -hmm. uh, the last thing Zach ever wants to do is hurt anybody's feelings. And I know we say that about a lot of people. Zach takes goodbyes very hard, mm. very tough. And there were there were some moments, I think, during this season where he had eliminated someone or sent someone home and he got really emotional. Mm -hmm. And the weight of the moment really hit him. And there was a lot of times where I think in the past, it's like, all right, rose ceremony, everybody's done, off we go. And, and we'll, we'll you mm -hmm. know, get ready for the next day. You really had to sort of wait around. Mm -hmm. and be there for him sometimes on camera but other times just to stick yeah. around and be be there for him to talk to him off camera and be like hey man are you, are you doing okay yeah you know let, let's talk about it. let's talk mm -hmm. about it so you know it's um you know i i think doing doing this job there's a lot of different mm -hmm. things you have to do um but i think so much of it depends on who the person is and what it is they need or what it is they want but one thing i know is i, I don't ever want to push push myself on them mm -hmm. um if, if they decide they don't need it or want it. Yeah. Right. It's also so hard to just even navigate that as a lead, especially nowadays, because being a lead is looks tremendously different than being a lead. However, go you have social media now. And just like the whole following aspect of it, of like the phase after you get done feeling, filming, you know that there's this massive phase of watching it back. The world's watching it back to you as well, but everybody's commenting on it. And that's a huge part that a lot of times gets in the head of different leads while they're filming of, OK, well, I know that like this person got a ton of hate for doing this, um, even when we were all contestants. And so I'm going to try to navigate that differently. And it like a lot of times ends up with the lead not acting themselves I think that's because they're, you're just scared that you're going to get canceled. You're scared that people are going to take it a different way. You like overthink how to act at times. I feel like, do you feel I like agree. Zach was able to navigate that or how he was able to navigate that? Was he able to put the pressure of social media and what others might be receiving it as and just be himself while he was there? Yeah, that, that's such a good point, Michelle. I mean, I, I, I think it's so much harder now not to worry about what people are going to think about what you said or what you did. Um, the, I think one of the biggest compliments I can give Zach is that he is himself unapologetically through and through. I really feel like Zach, people say, well, he's only 25 years old. How can he know? Zach knows who he is. Mm -hmm. Zach knows what he's about and what he stands for. And I'll, I'll say throughout this season, he is very consistent. Um, I don't, I, to be fully honest with you too, I don't know if Zach's ready for what's coming up, but, but are any of us really ready? Right. You know? I don't think to, you can fully be ready. Yeah. You can't to, really to fully be ready. Point. You can be ready as, as ready as possible, but you, because you don't know how people are going to respond, you have to take it as they're responding. So it's so true. You know, it's, it's, we always talk about how, you know, nothing can prepare you for being the bachelor. Nothing mm -hmm. can prepare you for being the bachelorette. You know, you just got to go out and do it. Nothing can prepare you for being the bachelor or bachelorette once it airs right? Uh, mm -hmm. and, and having to deal with everything socially. I mean, mm -hmm. that's, that's, that's almost an entire separate conversation. I think mm -hmm. um, is, yeah. I, I know Zach has an amazing family. I know he has an amazing support system. Um, I don't know how he's going to take it. You know, one thing we all know is that you're never going to make all of bachelor nation happy. Right. Like it's just literally impossible. Mm -hmm. um, but, you know, I think what Zach can, why he can lay his head down to bed every night um, and, and have peace of mind is because he knows who he is and he wasn't being somebody fake. You know, mm -hmm. you, you, you might like him, you might not like him, you, you might like a decision or, or dislike one, but he was being authentic to himself. And at the end of the day, I think that's all Zach can do. Mm -hmm. And I think that that's what he did. I'm glad that you said he was consistent through and through because I feel like one of my issues, and this is just me personally, and maybe you can attest to it too or agree, I don't know, but we've seen in the past other leads have come on saying at the beginning, you know, we want X, Y, Z. Like they're set, like we want a partner that has certain qualities. And then by the end, I feel like I've been rocked where I'm like, 
you you weren't adding up with what you were saying at the beginning and you get kind of lost in the middle of the filming and and just in the show, I guess. And so I'm hopeful, you know, I, again, I don't know too much about Zach. Um, so I'm hopeful that this season will surprise me. But I, I do hope, like you said, he is consistent and goes in saying what he wants and being able to find that at the end. I mean, right, like that's end of, like we want him to find love, whether you like Zach or not. Like we still want these leads and these contestants to find a partner in life. Um, so let's get into some more fun stuff. Um, you did a lot in this past year, as we said at the beginning, you've traveled all over the world. Where was throughout this past year for the seasons, where was your favorite place that you've traveled to for the show? Oh, we were so lucky uh, to get back out traveling again. I feel like I started hosting right at the time where they opened everything back up. Mm -hmm. Um, Reykjavik for me Michelle's laughing because she did she I'm literally like, so freaking okay I will tell you Michelle I'm you not, traveled home to Minnesota not, what are you talking I'm about I'm not salty <laughs> I'm not salty about a lot of things I'm salty about this and I didn't realize how salty I am it was amazing I had been there before with my brother um we stayed for only a couple of days we were there for about two weeks with with Clayton um uh, with Susie, Gabby, and Rachel, and and it was it was amazing. It was so cold. Uh, it was so dark all the time. But I love like the Scandinavian thing. Maybe it's because I'm Canadian. I don't mind cold weather. Uh, I just thought it, it was it was so beautiful. Um, Emily came out. We got to kind of we had like one day off where her and I got to drive around the Golden Circle, and there was like geysers so coming out of the wow. snow and there was waterfalls and there was like stuff bubbling off to the side of the road and there was just like there was all this crate there's a crater there's all this crazy stuff it was really really cool um gabby and rachel season you know we were on the boat obviously kind of going up the coast of northern europe um we spent a lot of time in bruges i don't know if you get have you guys been to bruges mm -mm. no oh, it's beautiful i i, I hope you, you get to visit it just this really okay. small medieval city it's so well well kept it's like chocolate it's like waffles, French fries. It's just sold. All the things. That's all you needed to say. Chocolate waffles, fries. Why? Yeah. Why are we not there already? <laughs> it, was, it, it was all. It was all the things. Uh, so that that was also so great. And then, um, uh, and I, honestly, paradise. You know, I know people talk about how hot it is and and everything. And we were there for forever. It was it was a longer season than normal. Mm -hmm. um, I, I really I really enjoyed paradise. I really did. Okay, Jesse, I'm going to ask you this. I've <laughs> never been to Paradise. Okay, Becca's been there. But are you, I feel like as a host, you might have a slightly different amount of time that you're in the hot sun. Like you do like, you know what I mean? Whereas like <laughs> there's the no contestants, reprieve though. You there's come no out, reprieve. <laughs> like you come out and then you do the, not, I'm not docking your work because you do a ton. <laughs> But well, you're probably in the air conditioning a lot, right? I, well, I was just about to say I had air conditioning, though. You're going to have a lot a big, of contestants coming after you with pitchforks after saying paradise that, that is, is the best That is a big condition. asterisk. It was a big yeah. asterisk. Having the AC definitely makes that experience entirely different. And actually getting to sleep, unlike a lot yeah. of the people. Correct. This man's getting cast. eight hours but, with, but with Jesse, one of those sleep masks and everything. But Okay, but when you're – so I know that you don't sleep where they film – I do. But do you? Uh, yeah, some nights I did. You don't stay at Vedanta? Uh, no, no I, I stayed I stayed down at uh, in Sayulita, like where everybody stays. Playa Escondido. So, yeah. But the rooms there, they take out all the air conditioning. Like even in your holding room, isn't it still so hot? You just have to keep the windows open and just let the breeze yes. like, be your cooling system? Yeah. See, Michelle? Yeah. So see do you, you recommend, <laughs> honestly, you know what, maybe I'll show up on the sand just to see what your conditions are like. Okay, Jesse. Show up on the sand for show their tacos. The their tacos are worth it. I've heard so Yes, I'm telling you. So they get right. Tacos were good. You know, I, it was, I, I, I personally, and I don't hate crabs. I actually like crabs. Like, they are it was, cute. Uh, they are cute. Uh, I wasn't, okay. I wasn't afraid of the crabs. So you, okay, so, wow, I'm so shocked that you said paradise, but, okay, so you've done paradise, right? You have the paradise scene under your belt. You have the bachelor's scene. You have the bachelorette. What has been your favorite piece or favorite show to host? And you can even also include, like, ESPN2 and whatever, but across the board, oh, what man. is your favorite show? Nobody's it's, allowed to have hard feelings. Oh, it's, it's so hard. 
football, obviously, is sort of a wheelhouse job because I've been doing it since I was seven. So it's where I feel comfortable um, the most, maybe. But like I said earlier, the the, the Bachelor, like any of those shows, mm-hmm. have been great because I feel like they're, they're all they're all different. And again, mm-hmm. it really comes mm-hmm. down to it comes down to the the people. Mm-hmm. It's it's new stories, it's new journeys. Um, it's it, it for the last the three shows I've I've hosted. It's always been new. Uh, new places we've been traveling and, and, and all new stories. It's been, it's been amazing. That that's the most fun I've had. Mm -hmm. And I feel like you get so much variety in all that you do, which is probably also a fun part. It's like you said, football is vastly different than I'm assuming hosting paradise versus bachelor. It's like you are always kind of on your toes. So that leads me to my next question. What is one moment or situation where throughout whether it's bachelor bachelorette or paradise that has been like the messiest or were you in your mind were like i don't want to deal with this i don't know how to handle this i don't want to touch this like throughout this past year give us like some good juicy details about like a, well, a messy messy moment oh, I've, i there's two right away like you're, you're saying you're asking that question and right away like there's two uh moments that come up right away. The first was back in Reykjavik. It was the rose ceremony from hell. Oh, um, yes. Yeah. It was really intense, really emotional. And it was one of those situations where, you know, Clayton and I had, had spoken beforehand about what he was going to say, what was on his mind, what he was thinking, what he was feeling. And, you know, when he told me what he was going to do, he just sort of knew where that was going. And I, I just obviously in that moment really felt for the women. Um, and that was a very, I, I just remember it just being an incredibly, incredibly emotional. Mm-hmm. Um, and I, I really, and I think that came across. I think the people that saw that, um, that really came across. The second one would have been a rose ceremony uh, during the bachelorette when Rachel had three different guys uh, reject her roses. Mm-hmm. Um we never saw that that situation arising. Um, I know that was sort of a moment that we were just kind of riding the lightning and seeing what would happen. Um, but I think being in the room and lo- just looking at Rachel and just kind of seeing seeing how that was affecting her, especially too because I know that she had just been through the, the season, uh, the previous season with right. Clayton. And and she, of course she was part of that real ceremony from hell, obviously. Um, that was re- that that was really tough. I could just see how devastated she was, yeah. and so those were those were two two moments that I never anticipated happening. Um, and just in the moment, just trying to help navigate it and, and help them navigate it as best as best as possible. Mm-hmm. Okay, be honest. Has there ever been a contestant where you were like, I want to sit them down? And give them a piece of my mind. Um, there, yeah, th- there's a lot of those. Uh, I feel like a lot of those happen in paradise. <laughs> yeah. it's, like, it's the heat, just, it's the alcohol, it's everything. The crabs. I think you're right. Yeah, it's a combination of like margaritas and, and humidity and no breeze. Um, and people just pop off a lot. Um, and sometimes it, stuff happens, you know, a lot of it's what happens uh, what's being filmed, but there's also a lot of stuff that happens, uh, off camera. Uh, and you, you sort of see sometimes interactions they're having with producers or with, even yeah. with camp, with, with camera operators, audio people. Um, it, it's just not very nice. Mm-hmm. And it's sort of just a moment where you, where you just have to be like, Hey, you know, you still got to be respectful of everybody here. I mean, yeah. look, it's hot for you. It's hot for them. I mean, you're not the yeah. only one that's awake yeah. till five. And they have this all the heavy gear on them. Yeah. Th- this woman's been carrying a camera. Mm-hmm. All, all day, all night. Oh, that you blows my blood when people are mean. I have so yeah. much respect. I loved my Kate Martin. I love mm-hmm. all of them. I literally still talk to them to this day. Mm-hmm. Okay, so this question just popped in my head. As we spoke about it, you're a host. And so you really are popping in and out and helping the contestants or the leads navigate and really functioning with them as one unit, correct? But you are not with everybody all day, every day. How do how do you stay informed? Like, how are you, you know, at the piece at times where you're not there, how do you stay informed about what's taking place so that like you're on the same page? 
Yeah, I, I'm constantly checking it. If I'm not there, I'm constantly checking in with producers throughout the day and getting and asking mm. for updates and trying to be proactive about that. I've also actually started uh, uh, hanging around and being in the background on a lot of dates, just sort of <laughs> incognito. Just He's the third wheel. <laughs> just like I'm, 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 <laughs> all the paradise dates and they keep like showing up, you know, it's like the wells, the wells in paradise when like who went on the date was it Danielle and, Danielle and Michael, Michael. A. Yeah. and then Wells just keeps popping up. Essentially that's yeah. Jesse, except for like, he's just behind and you don't know it. I'm <laughs> picturing the scene in the, in the Kardashians when like, I think it's Chloe pops up over the booth, the restaurant yep. booth with the binoculars. <laughs> so pops that's ahead. Jesse. I've been Reykjavik on a donkey. So out of place. Um, yeah, it's, and so like it, it's another it, it's another way just to sort of be present and, and to see it because when, when you're getting it firsthand, obviously it gives you better perspective on everything. Right. And also what 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 I found out too is um, oftentimes when you're there, like this happened a couple times on Zach's season, um, where I was just I just decided to go and hang out and be there to see what happened. Something goes down, mm-hmm. and then mm-hmm. you're there to to talk to Zach or talk with one of the cast members. And and I don't know if it's going to air or if it's not going to air. I, I haven't seen any of it yet. But um, it, it just it's better for me. I like to be involved. I just really want to be a part of it. And and two, sometimes there's these moments that just happen that where it's not it's not anticipated. And then that way you you can you can sort of be there to act and, and you know hopefully do my, do my job. Yeah, man. See, I feel like that would be the fun part of hosting is being able to just kind of sit and watch it all go down. Like obviously you'll watch the show when it airs, but there's so much that viewers will never see. So to be part of that is probably so beneficial for your job as host, but also just being a support system. Um, okay. Without giving too much away, can you give us a little teaser about what to expect from Zach's up- upcoming season? Yeah, um, I would say that Zach's season is a bit of a throwback season uh, in the sense that this is really about the love story. It's not so much about the drama. Um, and I know in some past seasons, drama takes over. And on every season of Bachelorette, every season of Bachelor, there is going to be drama. That's just something you can't avoid. Mm-hmm. Um, but this season really is less about that. And it's really more about the love story um, and about Zach trying to find his person. He, he's really, really intentional. I, I think one of the things that I was so impressed with watching Zach is that he really made a point to talk to everybody. Um and I know, I, like, I know, like when I was the bachelor, I know, you know, group date, rose ceremony. I'm like, yeah, no problem. I'll talk to everybody. And then things happen and there's drama and, and someone, you know, can I steal you for a second? And all of a sudden you realize, oh my God, I've only spoken to literally half the people. No wonder everybody's upset. Zach made a point mm-hmm. of getting time with every single woman, virtually, virtually every day. There may be one or yeah. two that he didn't, but he was really intent on that. I think part of that is probably because of his experience on Rachel's season. He had a lot mm-hmm. of time taken away because of a lot of stuff that, that happened. But I think a lot of that is, is really Zach mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. and sort of kind of what he wants to do. Uh, also, this is easily the most emotional season that I've hosted. Not even even close. more can so than tease, Clayton's. Can you tease it, why? Yeah. Because I feel like okay, yeah. I wanted I want you to explain how you see that because when I sit over here and think about emotion, or even as a viewer, a lot of times we mistake emotion as it's not a dramatic season unless everybody's crying. I'm right. not a big crier, and so there are a lot of times where I'll use my I'll be really hurting and I'll use my words, but that's not emotion because you're not like outwardly crying, Expre- expressive, expressing emotion. it. So would you say when you're talking about ex- it's the most emotional season. Is it because of the things that happen and it triggers the viewer's heartstrings or is it because there's a lot of crying emotion? Like yeah. emotion, so, how so? So I, I think, I think it's a lot of expressive emotion. I think mm-hmm. the biggest reason why, and more, and more, more than maybe more than paradise. And I'm not kidding, by the way. Um, I think the thing that going back to night one, I remember watching the women get out of the limo and, it was a first for me in the sense that it was the most I've ever seen of people getting out of the limo, walking up to the lead and saying, I'm so happy it's you. 
I'm here for you. When I found out you were the bachelor, I decided I wanted to come and do this. I didn't experience that with Clayton, obviously, because no one had seen Clayton on TV before we started yeah. filming his, right, mm -hmm. Michelle? You, your season hadn't yet aired. So, mm -hmm. so a lot of the women got out of the, and they had never seen Clayton before in their lives. Um, these women, I think, were very emotionally invested and hopeful of finding love with Zach. Um, and also, Zach is an extremely emotional bachelor. He's just a very, he's a very emotional man. And, mm -hmm. and he's expressively. Zach, uh, Zach cries a lot. And, but it, it's because he has such a big heart. Um, and he genuinely cares about people's feelings and his impact and, and you know, his actions and how that, how that mm -hmm. um, affects people. Yeah. Um, the hardest part of this whole thing for Zach was, I, I was saying to you, is, is, is goodbyes. Yeah. When, when he says goodbye to people, it, it, it breaks him. It, yeah. it really, really does. Yeah. And, and so this season for me, for, from just the emotion, it's not, it's not because of drama or, you know, backstabbing yeah. or things that are happening behind the scenes. It's really because of the love mm -hmm. and sort of the, and the pursuit of that and the relationships that he forms yeah. to me is something that really stands out. Yeah. Okay. I, really, I love the fact that, I do love the fact that he's like a man who's comfortable with his emotions and being able to show emotions. So like I do, I like, I will already applaud that. I think that's amazing. I'm really curious to see how the public responds to his emotion because as a female, I don't know why you just even listening to you as you're speaking about it, it, it is this really cool, beautiful thing. As a female, it's really actually, it, it's kind of frustrating to see that, you know, when, when bachelors, when men cry, it's this, oh my goodness, it's this beautiful thing because it's a, like, you know, a man showing emotion versus like when women cry, we're crybabies and we're um, too emotional. So I'm so curious to see how the public responds to this. And I, mm -hmm. I hope that they respond to it in a positive way. And I also hope that when other females are also showing that same emotion on Zach's season. I really hope that the audience responds in a positive way as well, just because yeah. to, you know, I, I hope the vulnerability is widely accepted across the board this season. Yeah. You know, I, I one of the, the, the beautiful things I think about kind of Zach's approach on the show too, is that um, I, I think sometimes, you know, like you said for men, I mean, I, I think back to myself being a former football player where it's never okay to show emotion and you yeah. can't ask for help. And you have to figure everything out by yourself. I internalized everything for, for a very, very long time emotionally myself. And I had to grow um, a lot that way. I think sometimes I, one of the things I think Zach understood going in uh, into this season was that he had to be intentional uh, with mm -hmm. his actions. And because it because, you know, a lot of these women on night one, they're so nervous. You know, you remember how all of us were on night one. It's just mm -hmm. all the cameras. You're not sure how you can behave. Can you be yourself? I think Zach's actions, I think, helped allow everybody to feel comfortable and safe to say things, to to behave a certain way, uh, to cry if, if they wanted to cry and not be judged for it. Mm -hmm. You know, and, and Zach, Zach really showed his shows his emotion early. And I think that that helps people, you know, it really he really, I think, did a good job of building a safe space for everybody, you know, in the room, in the mansion to sort of feel like they could hopefully be their most authentic self. Mm -hmm. um, and so, you know, I, I hope people when they see him don't think he's, you know, he's he's less of a man because of it or anything mm -hmm. like that. This is just authentically who he is mm -hmm. sort of goes back to that authenticity about Zach. He's not he's not trying to be James Bond bachelor. Mm hmm. He's he's just being Zach. Right. Mm. Ain't nothing wrong with the tears. There's really not. <laughs> There's really not. Yeah. So I'm hoping actually this this leads I me to a good so. question for Bachelor Nation as a whole. You know, Jesse, we always have New Year's resolutions for ourselves. But for Bachelor Nation, is there something that you would love to see happen this year as a whole, whether that's like within the franchise, within the fan base, whatever it might be? Um, from the franchise, what about like a senior bachelor? I know that's something that keeps kind of people talk about a little bit. Mm -hmm. are, Michelle, are we going to do that? Have I you heard hope about so. That Sign my I mom up. I hope so. I, I, I hope so. They keep teasing it. And you know, um, I mean, you know, Jesse, you're the ones who are, you, you know, reading all these lines after an episode finishes of like, stay tuned to this or like apply right. here. 
Um, I feel like, do you have any insight? Because I, haven't they teased this senior bachelor sign up here? Like, I think it would be so great. now. Oh, I would I, love it. I, I, I hope we do it. Um, and what's considered senior? See, I don't, like, that's what, the what thing. Like, do you need an AARP membership? <laughs> is that the baseline? <laughs> I don't know. Dentures. You can't have your own teeth. All I know no is that one. if this, if that show happens, Grandpa John needs to be the number one contestant oh. or bachelor. Who knows? Would, wouldn't he be amazing? I wonder. I wonder sometimes if that was the guy they had in mind for this whole thing. Maybe that. Maybe we just keep doing these casting call advertisements, trying mm-hmm. to coerce him into doing it. Gabby's told me no way. Like she, she's told me multiple times, uh-uh, absolutely not. He would be so good. And she could be alongside him, helping him guide his heart on this yes. journey. Yes. I think it'd be so great. <laughs> um, Jesse, we could pick your brain and talk about this. I feel like forever. I know that you are a busy, busy man. So um, before we let you go, we're going to get into our resource part of the podcast. We think it's so important to always keep our listeners informed and share important important resources that we come mm-hmm. across and that we love. Again, everyone will always try to include this on our Instagrams too. So it's an easy place that uh, our, our followers can go and check out. Um, so with that, Michelle, do you want to kick it off? Do you want me to kick sure. it off? Okay. I'll take have, it away. Have at it. So I've been, a lot of times my resources have been podcasts or video, like something, video documentaries, docu-series. And I'm this one, I'm going to keep it very simple and short and concise because I, I know that everybody has a lot going on in this new year and things like that. But um, it's actually this article I post on my story. It's called How Not to Be an Ally. There's a little video that goes with it. And it really just does a good job of explaining kind of the stereotypes of how people typically perform or feel that they, the way that they feel they need to be as an ally um, versus what we actually really need. And it, a lot of it goes into with when you're signing on and when you're speaking about becoming an ally, yes, it's important to speak up during these moments of really these big, big issues that are taking place. And that's ten, ten, that, that tends to be when we see these things step up. But if you truly are an ally, that means that your work is never ending. And so that means that when there's not this massive event such as, such as George Floyd or, you know, all these other things going on, you still should be doing work and you you still have to hold yourself to that expectation. And that's what a true ally looks like. So it really does a good job of pulling in that apart, dissecting it, um, misconceptions and stereotypes of what you should be doing versus what you are doing versus what you should be doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and it kind of just really clarifies it because I think it can sometimes become like this like taboo topic to talk about um, where people don't really know how to get started and it's a wonderful mm-hmm. place for people to start. So mm-hmm. again, I will tag that article on my story for for people to give a quick read. Great. Thanks, Michelle. Yeah. Um, so Jesse, I'll go really quick and then we'll let you wrap that one up. But um, so this is an article slash video and it's from PBS and it actually came out in 2020. So I know it's a few years old, but I think it's still very important and timely. Um, the the name of it is The Critical Role White Parents Play in Shaping Racism and Helping Eradicate It. And it's by, and if I pronounce her name incorrectly, apologies, Charlene Hunter Galt. And <clears throat> basically, she brings on this woman who, um, I believe it was part of um, one of her courses. Um, she went into these more so white affluent districts, neighborhoods, communities, and sat down with kids and parents and just she started out like asking them about American history just to see like what kind of gauge these children had from their history classes. And a lot of it, she realized um, history classes in more white affluent schools, neighborhoods, communities didn't do a great job of getting into like the real roots of American history and the racism that occurs that still is occurring but you know occurred when this country was built and so she meets with these children but then also chats with the parents of like what they can do to combat this and help this and um one thing that she it was like her main takeaway was not just talking to children about racism like that's a step but she's her main thing was how can parents immerse their children into more diversity so they see people of color they see how other people live that aren't white that aren't 
as wealthy. Um, and so it's it's a quick video, um, and the transcript is all there. Again, it's called The Critical Role White Parents Play in Shaping Racism and Eradicating It. And I, I thought it was a good one because Thomas and I, you know, he is a black man. I'm a white woman. One day, hopefully sooner rather than later, we want to have our own children. And that's a topic of, a topic of conversation that we're not only going to have to have, but we also want to immerse our children in more diversity. And so um, I thought that was a good, good article and video. Again, like Michelle said, I will take that on my Instagram too, for everyone to check out. Um, but with that, Jesse, do you have a resource you would like to share? Yeah, there, there was an article I was I was reading earlier this year on NPR News, and it's it's a little bit about diversity, equity, and inclusion. And I know we talk a lot about the importance of having that in in, in society, in our businesses, and um, in schools. Um, yeah, it's happening in sports as well, though. And mm -hmm. uh, th before this last NFL season, in the owners' meetings, the, the NFL came out with, with a new rule requiring teams to hire minority coaches and women actually, um, on their staffs in offensive um, positions on the coaching staff. One of the big issues right now in the National Football League is uh, I think there's about 60% or so, if not more, of players are African-American. There's only three, three head coaches right now that are African-American, and they're trying to find creative ways on how they can combat that and how they can get more opportunity for people of color. And they found that historically head coaches come from offensive backgrounds and play calling. And so they're, they're trying now to kind of, to go out and to, and, and to get these teams uh, to look and hire uh, coaches in that position. Um, it's not just like anybody can come off the street and become that coach. They have to have experience mm -hmm. at the collegiate and the pro level, but they think this is a way that it can actually give opportunities uh, to people um, to, to show their value. And, and the same goes for women too. I, I love the idea of, of women getting into coaching and football, because I think mm -hmm. both of these examples show that, you know, sometimes when, when you fight against these stereotypes and these, these preconceived notions of what you think people can do, you, you end up being proven wrong and you find out that they bring so much value and they make your team or they make your business or they make your classroom better. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think it's great that, that in pro sports, we're seeing this as well. And at least we're trying, um, they're trying to make a change and it's, it's, it's at least a process. People are trying to come up with creative solutions. And I know people can certainly go online to read more about this and what the NFL is trying to do. Um, obviously, the NFL is my background, having played pro football. But I, I just really love the idea. Um, I work with I, just with people getting opportunity um, and being empowered and enabled to do that, I think is going to make it is going to make the NFL just a whole a whole bunch better. Mm -hmm. People can read about it online. Yeah. That's awesome. Yeah. It's like with anything in life, you want you want people on a higher level to mirror the real life. So yeah. and I'm so glad that we had you on because, you know, Michelle and I have talked about resources every week that we do this podcast. But like that's, uh, you know, I'm not uh, if, coming from a football mindset. I am not athletic. I don't really watch football. No offense. But to mm -hmm. see see this, the resources in this conversation happening in all varieties of life I think is so important. So thank you for sharing that. Um, I know we talked a little bit about teasers and Zach season coming up. Um, I want to know your rose and thorn of your entire first year as the bachelor franchise host. Okay. So I would say for me, and it's, it's uh, I'll just think back to the most, the most recent thing, uh, Brandon and Serene, their proposal, uh, an engagement in paradise mm -hmm. I thought was beautiful. I've said it all along when they got together and I saw them together. I'd never seen two people that just seemed to be more perfect for each other. And for that to ride out throughout the entire course of the season um, and to end in an engagement, which I thought was, which I thought was beautiful. Um, mm -hmm. What that was, that was certainly a high note for me, mm -hmm. uh, a, a thorn from this season. And I hope I won't get in trouble for saying this. Um, I basically mistakenly, told Zach where we were going for the final exotic location. And I wasn't supposed to. Oh, that's happened to everyone, I think. Yeah, you think so? I don't know. I was like, oh. oh. I, I, he I mean, was like, probably still so excited, right, when you told him? I did it right in front of the producers. 
<laughs> we were on a plane. We were on a plane and we were going somewhere and we just had a rose ceremony or something the night before and everybody was like super exhausted. And I know they were like, don't tell Zach. Remember, it's a, it's a secret. Mm-hmm. And I kept all the other the, the other uh, locations secretive. And in, in a moment of like weakness and two hours of sleep, I blurted out where we were going because I was super excited. I'd never been there before. Mm-hmm. I'd always wanted to go there. I could not mm-hmm. wait uh, to spend two weeks there. And of course, I told Zach. And when I said it, I tried to like, it was like I said it, and then I stopped and looked to see if anybody noticed. Yeah. And Zach definitely noticed. It happens. Don't feel bad and about it. I felt so bad about it for like four days. And like producers would always come by and be like, go. That, yeah, like yeah. At least he's got to go. Okay, so where was it? So I can't, I can't say. Damn it, I, I was hoping I could get it out of you. it again. We almost <laughs> caught him back early. I've got PTSD about this now for the last several months. He's like, I'm not going to say anywhere ever again until it airs. Ever again, uh, yeah. Well, Jesse, this was so much fun. We have come full circle from January 3rd, 2022 to January 3rd, 2023. You have lived a lifetime within this franchise, and we're so happy we could have you back on again today. So thank you for joining us. Yeah, thanks so much. It's so great seeing you again, especially this time of year. And I hope this becomes a regular occurrence with you both. I know. Pencil us in for January 3rd next year. Let's do it. All right. Happy New Year. All right, Jesse. Happy New Year. So good to see you. He's he's always so great. I I love having him. He's just such a kind soul. And I think he does a really good job of whoever he's talking to. He makes you feel heard and important. So I I can see why they picked him as the host, especially to be alongside the leads. Absolutely. And one thing that I feel like I noticed about him is that he's understanding and he doesn't expect himself to be an expert. He very much comes off as or handles himself in a way of I'm learning right alongside of you or whoever the lead is. And that's mm-hmm. what I really love about him is that I think it's just, it's just fresh. You mm-hmm. know, it's just, he's, he's just willing to kind of like continue to observe, but all offer help and like also like craft kind of figure out the craft of the whole hosting situation, right. um, but always willing to learn. So that's what I really yeah. I appreciate that. Yeah. And I he said something very great too and that was, you know, if he's ever giving advice. He doesn't he doesn't want to give advice, right? Like he can give his side of things what he experienced as a lead mm-hmm. years ago, but he just wants to be that support system, which I think mm-hmm. everyone can take to heart and you know, we've all lived through this experience like you and I we're both bachelorettes, but what we experienced during our time on the show was vastly different. And we did things Correct. in a way different ways. And so, and that's everyone. And so I think that's a great perspective to go into it of like, I want to be here for you and have your back and support you, but I don't want to tell you how to do things. I think that's, right. that's very important. Right. Um, yeah, I guess he got me a little bit more excited for Zach's season again. I don't know too much about Zach other than when we had him on our podcast a few months ago, I was going to say weeks, a few months ago now. Um, But yeah, it sounds like it'll be a good season. I like that he said that they're going back to the basics and it's going to be more about the love story, which I appreciate. I do too. And I I really, I'm excited to kind of see how, um, how the season unfolds with everything. And I I feel like, I, I really hope that we can learn more about the contestants just because I feel like oftentimes we learn we always learn the bad things we always learn the drama Mm -hmm. but it would be really nice to just know more about the contestants especially Mm -hmm. because a lead typically comes from somebody who's been in the mix and it's just been all these situations oftentimes where it's like a lead is stepping into the role and it's hard to feel connected with them because you don't know anything right and yeah, and we definitely saw that last year, you know, no, as Jesse said, no one really knew Clayton coming on. I mean, I guess mm-hmm. we were, we did because we watched your season with him, but the contestants going on didn't know much about him. And I also feel like with Gabby and Rachel's season, so much was centered around those two. And I think having a dual bachelorette season really took away from contestant time. And so I think with Zach's season starting fresh, having people know 
who he is beforehand, even though it's not much, I think will hopefully lend to that. So Michelle, it's so good to see you again after, you know, all the holidays and the new year. I I always love catching up with you. Um, So thank you for being back. And a thank you to all of our happy hour listeners who joined us again in this new year. And also thank you, Jesse, for being here. I know that you're a busy man. So I appreciate you taking the time to chat with us. And for everybody listening, please don't forget casting is now open for men to date our next bachelor whoever that might be. So if you are single or know someone who is single ready to mingle, go to the website to nominate or apply. And that website is bachelornation.com slash apply. And make sure to hit us up on social. You can follow us at Bachelor Happy Hour on Instagram. And from there, you will find everything you need to know to follow us on Twitter and TikTok. And for all of you Prime members, you can listen to Bachelor Happy Hour ad-free on Amazon Music. Just download the Amazon Music app today, or you can also listen ad-free with Wondery Plus in Apple Podcasts. And before you go, tell us something about yourself by completing a short survey at wondery.com survey. Thank you, Bachelor Happy Hour listeners, and we will see you next week. Cheers! Cheers! This show is partnering with No CD to raise awareness about relationship OCD. OCD is more than what you see on TV and in the movies. Imagine having unwanted thoughts about your relationship stuck in your head all day, no matter how hard you try to make them go away. That's relationship OCD. It comes with unrelenting, intrusive images, thoughts, and urges about your partner or loved one. Breaking the OCD cycle takes effective treatment. Go to No cd.com to get evidence-based treatment that's no cd.com discover new technology and endless comfort with victoria's secrets number one collection body by victoria with over 3,500 five-star reviews see what all the hype is about when it comes to their best-selling styles their latest innovation features lightweight construction that provides support where you need it without an ounce of padding i've been wearing their demi bra literally every day this week it is so comfortable and looks great underneath all different styles of clothing it's available in cups a through g and bands 30 to 44 That's 43 sizes in 22 different styles. Shop now at your nearest Victoria's Secret store and online at victoriasecret.com. So this year, I'm really focused on my health, sticking to a routine, and that's why I've been loving Symbiotica. Symbiotica is one of the fastest growing health and wellness companies out right now, and they're one of the only brands that are wholly committed to your health. They don't use any seed oils, no preservatives or toxins in their supplements. They source the best ingredients from all around the world, and they're super easy to take when you're on the go. They also taste good. I try to stay really consistent with my morning routine and something that I always include is taking my supplements every single day. I've been taking these Symbiotica supplements and loving them. My goal this winter has been to support my immune system with the supplements that I've been taking. So I've been taking them every morning with my coffee and my breakfast. Joe does as well. And I've been really loving the results that I've been seeing. My routine, I have my eggs in the morning, I take a Symbiotica and I'm ready to take on the day, hit the gym, I'm more alert, I just feel good. What's even better is that Symbiotica makes it a breeze to stay on track. With a subscription, your supplements arrive at your doorstep every month. Ready to feel the results? Head over to Symbiotica.com and use Bachelor for 15% off your subscription order.